0: Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today we have our special guest, one of my closest friends once again, Jason Riley. I know we've had a little bit of a history with podcasting in the past. We are jumping back on it. We're covering the topic of marriage today. Welcome to, the, to the, the podcast, Jay.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it in your sweet podcast uh, studio. This is a little upgraded from our Old podcast studio, so it's very nice. Thank you for having me over.
0: Big thank you, because if you don't already know, um, Jay has helped me put together this little studio. He helped guide me and navigate me through the process and picking out the equipment, making sure that it was solid for for us to go. So he gets the credit for the audio production. So we're going to get a little section on the website, the stronglifecoach.com website, uh, for him to get his little profile up.
1: Oh, nice. Um,
0: Or I should say, big profile up.
1: Uh, hey, what are you trying to say there?
0: Nothing, nothing, nothing <laughs> big about you outside of your contribution uh, and yes, your help yes, yes. to me I is understand. all I'm trying to say there. <laughs> well, well, good. Well, well, as I mentioned before, we, we are talking about marriage. It's a, it's a topic that has hit my heart over the last couple of months um, in a heavy manner. I'm putting together a book. And today we wanted to dive into the topic on magnifying the needs of your spouse above your own. So. Yeah, you. Yeah. You' ready to jump into marriage, Jay?
1: Yeah, of course. And as I was telling you, I was like looking at our old podcast, and our marriage stuff was easily the most popular thing that people wanted to hear. So I think this is a, a fun topic and uh, something that's important to me because I'm married, and uh, you've been my friend for a long time, and uh, it's it's a fun situation to be in a place to be able to take care of somebody. Yes, and it's fascinating
0: about it is earlier you mentioned to me the marriage podcasts got the most attention i didn't under i didn't connect the dots so you're talking about the podcast that we did together yeah got the most attention for some reason i was thinking it was one of them because if you don't already know that that, that jason does another podcast uh, what's, what's the name of that podcast uh, flows for you so flows for you
1: flows for you the freestyle advice rapping podcast
0: flows for you freestyle advice rapping podcast yeah. all right so so if you haven't checked that out um you can check there's a the best way to find you is what?
1: Uh, flows, the number four, the letter U, uh, dot com. All um, right. Or you can go to any of your favorite place to listen to podcasts and check out Flows for you. What you'll find is a surprise for yourself is that the first five episodes actually features me and Derek, and it's from our first iteration of the podcast. And so it kind of got morphed into a new iteration with my friend Trey Stoneburner. And it's not as uh, heartfelt, but I, <laughs> but I think that, you know, he's a single guy, but uh, it's fun because he's a millennial and I'm an older guy, so it makes for a fun um, ratio. And he's a beatboxer, which is something Derek is not, so it makes nice. It makes for the uh, the rapping at the end pretty cool. And, uh, but no, it's fun because that's what, uh, really me and Derek just talking and having fun is what motivated me to start doing podcast. And so, um, I'm glad to be able to be here and help you with this stuff. And, uh, but again, it's, it's fun, but yeah. So if you were to check out the podcast, you'd be very excited that you found Derek before he started doing all this fancy stuff he had a real job at the time we were doing that podcast <laughs> a
0: real job at that time so i don't have a real job now <laughs> i mean i
1: i think a few weeks ago on the podcast i think i mentioned that you don't have a real job anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'll take it. we'll call it a dream job how about that yeah. so so it's no longer 40 hours a week or in, in that same spot where schedules are outlined for you report you know direct reports and and reporting to somebody but in some ways, I have, a, I have a lot of bosses
1: now. Sure, I only have one, and he's two year old, and he's a he could be mean, but he loves me, so he does dances and other fun stuff. That would be your son? No. <laughs> yes, my son. Being a stay at home father means that he is my. I mean, my wife, I guess, is my boss too. He's two already. Uh, he's twenty two months. Okay. So that's when we, if you really consider it, that's when we started doing podcast stuff was Um, more than two years ago. This is true. We did
0: it in his room. And I'll confess that when I first was began writing, you know, chapters, are writing and putting together a few book outlines that I wanted to put out to help people. I was hesitant to put out content on marriage it really really because i've I've only i just passed the six year mark as a married guy, and I almost had some doubts of who am I to think that I have something to offer or who am I to think I could offer some teaching or principles or content with marriage but but then it kind of hit me that it's not necessarily the amount of time that you've been married, but it's also the people that you've learned from the content you've learned the principles that you've used because the principle may have been been around for hundreds of years for thousands of years and we're merely grabbing those principles and putting it into practice and getting some success from it and um, of course um, you you and i have talked about in personally of how we've seen a number of peers of ours uh, friends of ours um, have a rough time in marriage and we we want to do our part uh, so my part with it comes to the books, but also even in in, in putting together a, a session like today, where people could could listen in and, and see how they can enhance an element of their marriage.
1: Yeah, I think it's important for us to be in that place. And I, and I I grew up in a family with. Um, with not very good um, marriage numbers, right? My dad had mm-hmm. been married four times. Mama's been married three times. And so I've seen um, divorce and what it does to a marriage, what it does to kids. Um, I've been that kid. And so I think for me, especially, um, we've had this conversation before, but you know, I didn't get married till I was 33. Mm-hmm. And so it was important to me to find the right situation, be in the uh, right place um, in my mindset, because I wanted to be in a place where God was the foundation and where I was building a relationship of love. And um, again, I'm not perfect, I'm not um, anything else, so, I, I, so when we consider the re- conversations we we're talking about other people, um, and those relationships not going well, or whatever the situation is, um, you know, I, I'm not immune to that, just like mm. anybody else isn't. But it was important to me to learn from the mistakes of others, yes. so that I could be in a place where I took care of the person I love. Absolutely, and then there's still days and we'll talk more about that there's still days where I definitely have to struggle with that and grow in that
0: right what's fascinating about what you said it reminded me of this exercise I did this past week and what I'm doing as I build out my business is I'm building out my profile and what I did is I went through my earliest childhood memories and I was charting out what do I remember from two years old from three years old you know the earliest memories of my human existence what do I remember and I and I remember coming back to um, my earliest memories are also associated with the, with the most painful memories of mom and dad's divorce. And I remember even as a, as a child wondering how, how that could take place and how, how my, my dad could leave us and how he could leave the wonderful woman that was my mom and his three children. And I remember even early on deciding, I, I never wanna be in that spot. I never wanna put my children, if I ever had them, through that experience. And I, I would never wanna put my wife through the experience of having to go through a divorce and so when, when, when I'm sharing content for marriage in some in a lot of ways it comes from a place of pain it's that situation that I came from in a lot of ways has looped and laced itself around me It's influenced me in various ways um, into my, my adulthood of course it's been um, you know um, I'm 33 now and that they went through the, my mom and dad went through their divorce when I was two. So it's, it's 31 years of influence. Yeah. And if I can do my part from where I'm standing today to help strengthen and heal and be, uh, and uplift other marriages, then, then I'll, I'll be content with that.
1: Yeah. I'm with you.
0: So as we get in here, so, um, I I did want to ask you, um, what does your marriage mean to you?
1: Well, I think that, you know, we talked about this just a second ago. Um, to me, I've been in a place where I've seen a lot of marriages not work out, mm-hmm. um, even in my own life. And so to me, uh, a marriage is um, something where two people are fighting for one another to help each other grow, put it in a place. And so for me, my marriage means um, happiness, means support, means um, having somebody that believes in me. And being somebody that believes in her, and that's important. Mm-hmm. As I said I I, I you know I have a have a baby now and I, he's uh, twenty two months. We mentioned earlier, and I think that having two people that believe in each other, um, to be able to show that love to somebody, is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I consider what it means to me, I think it it means hope. It means believing in one another. It means having somebody that has your back. Um, but then earning that respect, earning that, not just blindly, not just blindly doing it because they're married to you, mm-hmm. but because you have built that trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. know, just like our, our friendship, um, it's the same idea, right? Like we're friends because I've, I have been your friend. I've been there for you. You've been there for me. Right. And so I respect you do whatever I can for you, but it's not just because you, one day you said you were my friend. It's because mm-hmm. you've shown me that you've had my back, and so yeah. I think, uh, in the same way, in a marriage, uh, th- that's what it is. It's it's building, cultivating mm-hmm. that relationship to put you in a place where you um, have each other's backs.
0: Absolutely, right, no, that's spot on, spot on. When I when I think about um, what you said, the support system that we have in in my marriage with Lita, you know, with, with the respect we have for one another, with the love we have from another, and 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 there's this fascinating I think delineation that, that I just feel called to emphasize over and over again to people in my circle and people around me is that um, is this question of like does does Angelita make me happy and I, and I say no not because she's not a great wife and not because she's not a great person but because my happiness doesn't come from her mm-hmm. and so um, what I've wrote about and there's a chapter I wrote in, in my marriage book uh, on uh, win with yourself first and the concept is that happiness, I believe, is found with self and the decisions I make personally that I could bring into a marriage, but it's not found in marriage. It's not like, it, it, you know, if I was hoping that one other person can make me happy based on their, um, their um, flawless decisions or their unending admiration for me, then um, it's, um, it's a fool's hope. Yeah. And in, in, nobody's perfect in that spot to be able to fulfill that perfectly um in, in human form right so uh, something that i talk about in that chapter is i i had access to unwavering confidence to peace that transcends understanding to inexpressible glorious joy before m- marriage and outside of my marriage but the beautiful thing about it is we get to bring that into our marriage and have this this recharge again the, like you said the support system the respect for one another um, so uh, yes I, I, I'm with you in that in that space so I want to do a little a uh, little uh, a couple of activities with you all right all and right. it's a, uh, a little the first one we'll do it's a little bit of a fill in the blank about marriage so the, the first one is when I first got married I wish I knew Fill in the blank.
1: I wish I knew. I wish I knew how much time we would have sitting on the bed talking. (laughs) Like, like, I don't think I realized how many real conversations I was going to have and how much actual, um, foundational relationship time I thought I was going to have. I think when Mm -hmm. I first, I mean, if I'm just going to be honest with you, when I first thought of, uh, being married, I thought it just meant I was going to, I was going to be intimate a lot, uh, with my wife. And then Mm -hmm. we were going to go to the movies and then be intimate and then, we we're going to eat. And that was pretty much what going to be. And I know I'm a talker, so I knew we were going to have some conversations, sure. but I didn't think I would, knew that we were going to have uh, conversations about everything. Sure. And when we had a baby, it was even crazier.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And uh, in the, the connection, it's. I know you and I believe in something similar when it comes to even having a transparent conversation. Sure. Um, in our friendship, I think that's something that really helped us early on. And then even in our in our marriages, uh, having bone vul- that vulnerable sharing where they people really know us and our wives really know what we're going through um, so yeah it's a special time to be able to do that um, uh, you're know, laying laying uh, next to, to one another in, in that space yeah uh, next one I have for you is the worst day in marriage is like
1: ew. the worst thing in marriage is when Hmm. The worst day or worst thing you can pick. Um, I mean, it's a terrible feeling when you're the one that, uh, is not succeeding when you're the one that's not like your job's not working out or, uh, all the things that you thought you were going to do weren't working out, but then your spouse is successful and mm-hmm. doing all those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that does not feel good. Um, But then at the same time, I think of having somebody that believes in you makes that easier, right? Like even though all the times I've had jobs that hadn't worked out, Mm -hmm. uh, my wife has been grateful that I Mm -hmm. even put myself in that place because I'm an entertainer. I'm a creative Mm -hmm. and having a real, having a real job that doesn't do anything with that is definitely against me, Mm -hmm. but it's something that I, I do because I want us to be taken care of. Right. And so, uh, having somebody that reminds me on a daily basis, Hey, you know what? It's cool. Keep doing it. We mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yes. Um, it's helpful. And so, but the worst thing is when you just feel like you're, you're the, like if you had a, uh, a weight to measure the marriage and it feels like, uh, they have a bunch of gold on one side and you're just nothing. Mm. It's just like the weight is flipped over. Mm. That's the worst feeling. Sure. Um, especially I guess as a man feeling like you're not the one that's, taking care of everything sure
0: and uh, and you even you captured wh- what I love about your your answer in that sp- in that spot was you captured even her supporting you as you mentioned in the first question which was how she supported you and and, is, and helps you and has even builds you up even when you feel like it's the worst side the first the worst thing that you're going through in marriage um all right let's flip that so on, on the positive end the best day in marriage is like,
1: is like going to a uh, amusement park with your best friend, Uh, as in you both know what you're going to go through and then you both are there having fun and in the moment and not overwhelmed. And like, I think about like uh, I think about the day that my son was born. Uh, mm-hmm. Just us both being now, she went through way more pain than I did in yeah, that situation, sure. <laughs> but we both were in the same joy. Um, having a thing that we created, mm-hmm. a thing that our love brought to life, um, is an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it, it is, yeah, it's like two best friends going to something that they love mm-hmm. um, and having somebody like that. Around me that loves, you know, she doesn't like everything I do, but I don't, you know, she's not a rap fan and, mm-hmm. uh, I am not a country fan, mm-hmm. but in the long run, um, uh, we both like old time road and no, just playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't even know. She knows that song. If I'm going to be honest. <laughs>
0: All right. Loved it. Love it. Um, I, I I love how you ca- I captured the best friend component as the best day and then bringing in your best bud. Yeah. Boston. Awesome. Next question. Our next fill in the blank. Um, other people would probably describe my marriage
1: like. I, I think it is a it. It it is not a characterization of my marriage. I think it's just because it looks different than theirs, but a lot of people would probably describe my marriage as perfect, not because it's perfect, but because me and my wife don't fight. And we've had a many of situations where we have helped other people and then they've been going like, do you have any issues? And it's like, no, we just communicate. And so okay. that's why we don't, I mean, I've never thrown anything at my wife. She's never thrown anything at me. Smart, smart. We've never been in that place because mm-hmm. we have communication. Does that mean we're perfect? Oh, no, not at all. There are definitely times where we're both, we're both emotional people that don't like conflict. So in the long run, we might, there might be something we're not talking about, but uh, I, there are definitely days where I'll be like, okay, I just need to know, am I doing something wrong? Mm-hmm. Or did I say something terrible this week? Um, I just wanted to know. But I think that um, people... Yeah, somebody would describe it. They would say, um, not perfect, but... Um, yeah, I guess they would say perfect. I've, I've had people say that. Like, what? how can you help me when you don't have any problems in your mm, marriage? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's not it's it's not what it looks like. It's because we communicate it. Mm-hmm. She already knows all the bad stuff. She already knows what's going on. And so...
0: And, and and even knowing you and, and Mel and your, your both your humility and your compassion and your both you have an understanding nature to you. Sure. So I think you two um, have even this um, the parts of your character it lends to resolving conflict in, in a mature manner. And uh, even I, I, I even think of Alita uh, and I when we talked about like different friends of ours that, that don't seem to have conflict because a lot of times we're running full force in opposite directions. Alita sure. and I can be passionate people, and then we'll, so we'll do a lot of resolution. So we've, we've come to find security not so much in the, the never having conflict, but in knowing that whatever conflict we come across, we can navigate and, and resolve with maturity. So, but if we, if we said, Hey, like our goal is to be like, you know, Jason and Melanie and like to not have it in the first place, then I think we would be, you know, in a, in a constant state of
1: disappointment. And and I always, when we would have conversations with other people, I'd always say, please don't use us the reference. We want to be the ones that give you the advice. If you're arguing and fighting, that's fine because you're doing what you need to do to get through to your, to have your conversations. Again, we're talking for probably double the amount than you're talking, but we're just being calm about it, having mm-hmm. conversations about finances, having those conversations, doing those things, and so then we don't actually blow up at each other. Um, but it's still work. It's not like a lack of work. It's just a different way of doing things.
0: Yes. Appreciate your thoughts there. No problem. All right, next one on this, last one on this activity is, people I've worked with would say marriage is like, Hell,
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> I worked with a lot of crazy people. <laughs> um, I've worked with a lot of people that that uh, you know, even before I was married, I was helping people with their marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because I'm great. It's again, I learned from the situations in my life. From seeing arguments, seeing um, failures in marriages. help me understand, hey, you should probably listen to somebody. You should put yourself in that place. But, yeah, I've definitely heard lots of coworkers go, this is terrible. This person wants me to be something that I'm not. This person doesn't believe in me. They don't mm-hmm. trust me. They don't do any of these things. And it's always funny to me because a lot of the times it's because they're not communicating. Or mm-hmm. because they don't trust them. Like It's like... You know, if you won't let your wife leave the house and then you're mad because she doesn't trust you. I mean, first off, you're showing her that you don't trust her. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of the times um, people, as you were saying earlier, is I think people are trying to find happiness in that person. Like that person is their happiness in the bottle. Mm -hmm. And so they only go to that person to grab that. Well, if that's what you do, then you're putting you're putting this person on a pedestal Mm -hmm. that they can't stay on. That's right. Um, It's just not how that works. I mean, I have, I I, I was thinking about this earlier. I like, I remember meeting some of my heroes in my life and they are amazing. And some of them have let me down and some of them have been amazing. Mm -hmm. But it, there were parts of me that said, Hey, if I'd hang out with that person, it's going to change my life. You know what it did Mm -hmm. not change my life. It Mm -hmm. was like, sweet. I met this person. um, But it didn't like, it's like when I met, my uh my hero from a little kid was uh, speech from rest development. I was like, man, if I met the hero, this guy that has been doing music forever, won Grammys, done all these things, it's gonna change my perspective and everything I do in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he helpful in my life? Yes. Had, did he give me advice and do that cool stuff? Yes. But did it drastically change my life? No. Mm-hmm. It was it was a really it was a small moment and it was encouraging. But uh, it it's crazy to put. All that pressure of making you happy at every single moment on one person—sure,
0: with you 100%. And I and I, I remember hearing people who who heard of engagement announcements and would go up to the person who got engaged. I remember seeing this before me, uh-huh. and would go, "Oh, I, I bought you, um, I bought you flowers." And then the newly engaged guy was going, "What?" And then the other guy goes for your funeral because you're, you know you're getting married, and just like this, yeah. or oh, I'm sorry to hear about that. You know, when you talk about getting engaged and about to get married, um, because there's this, um, it, it really is like a stigma. You know, there's sure. a, sti- a stigma a- around um, getting married, and I've asked myself the question: Is um, how much of that is self-inflicted because of decisions being made? Say in. there's no doubt that it takes two people making mature decisions together one person can totally you know mess it up all on their own but what I've been what I've been asking is as far as the decisions that depend on me on my side of it in what I control am I making decisions that contribute to a healthy marriage and um, and and that's what what I found is so I wouldn't describe my marriage as hell or as uh, you know right neither
1: would you but I've certainly heard
0: plenty of people um, Describe it just
1: like that. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy because it's like – but it's, it's, again, a perspective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and, yeah, I mean, again, I've seen people change their perspective in that situation, but I've also seen them be unmarried. And, again, learning from when you're a single person, you get to do whatever you want to do. I mean, there were days, you know this, where I would just go to the movies for like three – like go to three movies in a row just because I want to. I can't do that anymore. Okay. If I go to three movies in a row, my wife is calling the cops, <laughs> figuring out where I am because she doesn't, uh, you know, if I don't send her texts and tell her what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And then I'm in trouble, but, uh, I can't do those things like I used to. Um, Uh, you know, even, even when me and you hang out, right. We still have to explain to our wives what we're doing for the six hours. We're hanging out. (laughs) They're like, what do y'all, what do y'all do for all that time? And it's like, no, we used to do this all the time. This is Mm -hmm. what we did as single people. Right. But, uh, it's different when you get married, you have to take care of somebody else.
0: Yes. All right. Activity number two, we're hopping into.
1: Do I need to be funnier or I'm doing okay <laughs> here? <laughs> it's too to me. Okay, cool. Just checking. I, I, I always uh, um, post how good I'm doing in the podcast if I can make Derek laugh. And so there we're we doing go. good so far.
0: All right. Let's go. All right. So now we're going to get into true or false about marriage. All right. So true or false. Marriage is easier than I thought it would be.
1: True. Tell me why. I thought that I was going to have to do... Uh, Here we go. <laughs> yeah, this is going to give me trouble. Um, I thought I was going to... like. I used to have a roommate, um, and he was our roommate too, and he used to always tell me all the things that my wife would nitpick me about. Like if I didn't clean up every single part of the house, or if my underwear ever fall on the floor, that she would leave me and... I mean... There are definitely times where I shouldn't leave my underwear on the floor. Amen. But, uh, and then the, it's more as a, with a two-year-old, it reminds you more when your son is picking up your stinky underwear and trying to eat it. Then you're like, wow. oh, I should probably put that in the laundry basket. Um, so that helps. Uh, motivation, motivation. But uh, no, it's easier than I thought it was going to be because I think it's, um, I built conversations with people. I think the way that I built my relationships helped that. But it's still not—it's not easy. But it's easier than I thought. I thought it was going to be me having to clean up every thirty seconds, hmm. um, have to watch my mouth all the time, have to um, do things I didn't want to do, and it's none of that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I still have to. Watch my mouth because I want to encourage my wife. That's right. Uh, and the things I want to do, I just do them because she loves them. And uh, so we've talked about this a many a time, but I like baseball now because my wife likes baseball. I've learned to love the things she loves, not all of them, but some of the things, and it's made that time easier. So yeah, I think it's easier than I thought it was going to be.
0: Indeed. I like it. All right. Number two, the true or false section is. What you wanted before you were married is what you want now that you're married. It's the same then as it is now.
1: False. Okay. Tell me. Um, I think that I mean again, if we're gonna be honest, I thought uh, what I wanted the most was intimacy, um, and uh, I wanted that all the time. And when I say intimacy, I mean intimacy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Physical uh, intimacy. Uh, yeah, I wanted a to man make, and a woman. I birds wanted and to the make bees. babies. <laughs> and um, I
1: wanted to do the thing that makes babies. Uh, and nice uh PG
0: way to I was put that. To, yeah, we want PG everybody rated. to listen to the show. I don't
1: wanna I don't wanna PG thirteen up your <laughs> podcast. Um you can come see thank my you, podcast thank you. because a little PG thirteen. <laughs> um and uh but yeah, I think that uh that's I, I thought that that was going to be more of the thing. And it definitely wasn't that. I think I more now need the relationship. And again, the idea of raising a child is pretty awesome. Hmm. And so uh, there are things that I didn't even know that I wanted. Right. Hmm. I I think I always wanted to have a kid, but I don't think it's how I feel now. Like, Hmm. wow, this is amazing. It's hard. And we'll talk about this more, but it's a, it is definitely not what i thought what i wanted then is definitely not what i want now
0: mhm so indeed my friend thank you for sharing that no problem next next lineup is there is no fear in my marriage true or false
1: true i'm just playing false um i think that there's definitely fear i, I don't i'm not afraid of my wife i'm not afraid she's going to go all Chucky on me or something, and uh, come stab me or something, there's no fear there. But there is definitely fear of failure in the marriage. I said, I grew up in a family of, you know, if we were really gonna look at stats right, Mm -hmm. like they would be losers and not winners when it comes to marriage, because they haven't stayed in long-term marriages. And growing up with that, then there is that fear that I'm gonna let my wife down, that I'm gonna make the bad decision, and I'm gonna hurt the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there is that fear, which I think is kind of a healthy fear, right? Like, so it allows me to know that allows me to fight, allows me to move forward, allows me to grow in my relationship. So I really allow myself to have some, uh, barriers and bonds to keep me from those things. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely fear. Um, but I don't think it's like. That like it's not like debilitating fear yes so got it alright last
0: question for this section is my wife knows the worst parts about me true or false
1: true um I remember before we were married I told her every single horror story I could think of mm-hmm. and I remember crying Thinking that, and I, I think I remember talking to you about this. I go, if I tell her the story, is she gonna not want to marry me anymore. Hmm. And told her the story, and she was like, "Cool, I can still do this." And, and uh, I think the truth. If I'm gonna be honest with you, I think it gets harder uh, the longer you're married, right? I think it. I think you when you first before you get married, it's easy to go, okay, these are all the bad things about me, but then as you're married, then if something in your character starts growing wrong, or something else starts going, it's it's a lot harder to tell somebody that it's already already decided they're going to stay with you, mm-hmm. and um, and that is a that is a that is something that you have to daily fight to make sure you're still being honest uh, in those situations because you don't want to let her down. I think about like Enron or those kind of like businesses that something went terribly wrong and they just weren't telling people people that were trusting in their are they're trusting that this business was going to take care of them these things were going to mm-hmm. do these but in the long run it never it didn't make it um it was because there was no honesty there was no growing and i think that that happens i've done that as a work right uh where i've where I've kind of slacked in one thing and then not mentioning it to the boss Mm -hmm. and then kept on slacking. And the next thing I know it was a bad character trait Mm -hmm. that just made me a bad worker. Sure. And I think that, um, in my marriage, there's definitely temptation to be in that place where I am not, um, doing it. But, uh, I would say, uh, due to the grace of God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm in a place where I can say yes.
0: Yes. And, uh, in one concept i come back to often when it comes to vulnerability in in marriage is that it's 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 almost it's it's impossible to experience unconditional acceptance without unconditional vulnerability and and well once you are unconditionally vulnerable and open and real about weakness or hardship difficulties or um or insults that we, that, we, that we go through then um, then we have that opportunity for to, to be accepted at our worst and if we could be accepted at our worst um, by our spouse then it's a powerful thing to be accepted at every other area it's a it's a it's a natural yeah it is especially when our nature is to kind of put our best foot forward sure. show the best part about us but to make sure that we are cultivating closeness with that vulnerability mm-hmm. awesome well, we, the, the theme of today's podcast is on magnifying the needs of your spouse versus the wants of um, my own, versus my own wants. So we want to talk about really understanding and magnifying the needs of our, our spouse. And um, I know you, you ha- had an experience that you, you wanted to share about that really hit home in, in your marriage.
1: Yeah. And so when I think about, you know, we were this just happened last week or week before, you know, uh Father's Day was coming up and my uh you know, and and I don't expect much. I've only been I've only been a dad for 2 years now. Um so Father's Day, so never really had many uh, gifts or anything, and I wasn't expecting much. See, the cool thing was is that Hamilton, which is one of the favorite musicals that I have, and ever since it came out, I talk about it all the time. It drives my wife crazy, um, and she is not a rap fan. I am a rap fan. I've been a rapper my uh, entire life um, since my uh, conception. <laughs> That was pretty good. I've been uh, <laughs> good on the podcast, guys. Um, and uh, and you know, ever since then. But my wife is not a fan of uh, hip hop. But uh, it's something I've wanted to go see. in in uh, she don't love hip hop. Sure. And in New York, it costs like six hundred to seven hundred dollars to go see a show. Hamilton. Well, anyways, it came through San Antonio. We tried the lottery tickets. Didn't work out. And then it came through Austin. And um, a few days before the last show, my wife uh, came up to me and was like, um, Happy Father's Day. And it was a little uh, $10 bill uh, with it. Have a quote from the musical. And it says, we have tickets for this. Nice. And I thought that was amazing. Um, first off, it is a three and a half hour rap musical about American history. Mm -hmm. So first off, you have to like both of those things to enjoy this thing. Um, And my wife is not a fan of either of those things. Sure. And so the idea that she spent time learning uh, the music, getting the tickets, um, talking to my family to help with it, Um, it's just so insane to me that she would do all these things just to encourage me. Even to the point that we were driving up to Austin to go see the show, she wanted to listen to the soundtrack. She had never wanted to listen to the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. But now that she was going to the show, it was important for her not only to know the music, but to know it enough so I could enjoy having her with me and not feeling like she was a burden or that she was just being a Debbie Downer on the thing I love. Mm -hmm. No, she really was there. She was, I mean, even when we're at the show, she's like talking to people and, and listening to their love for this thing and knowing how much I love it. She then can portray that to other people. And uh, that was very cool. But it was like, this was not something that would be even in her wheelhouse, but she to show me her love went and made it in her wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was amazing. And then again, we did not have the finances or any and again, my wife is the normally in our family, I'm the free willing spender and she's the one that's like, yo, we can only spend five dollars. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sweet, I spent fifty five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's go. Um but in this situation she was like, Yeah, we really can't pull this off but seeing your being encouraging you, especially at this moment, is important to me. And I thought that was amazing.
0: Love it. Go Melanie yeah, coming in, great. in the clutch for your third father's day or your second.
1: We'll have to get uh, we'll have to get some of your listeners to explain to us what father's day that was for me.
0: Yes. Um, I, I love how she uh, came through in the clutch for you to build you up on, on father's day and uh, in, and even for me in my marriage, learning to connect with my wife, with her needs, it was it was huge it was something very small she would, she would come home from work she had a bad day at work she would, she would tell me my boss you know yelled at me i, I forgot my money and, and i wasn't able to, to have lunch because i forgot my money and and my and, and early on it was i would listen and then it would almost be like right after she finished talking i would bring another topic up or about hey, well, what, hey what are we eating for for dinner or or hey and what did you want to do this weekend when, and she communicated to me kind of with that the need that she wanted was that i would have a response to what she had to say. it's okay all right so try me out next time you know and so she'll come she'll come back and say hey you know um my co my, my coworker and, I, and uh said, said something some, says said something disrespectful to me and and i learned that so she wanted a response so i was like oh you know sorry to hear about that you know and then um come the next day and she had she forgot a a, a part of a procedure or she, she made some kind of minor mistake and then I say sorry to hear about that but then but then she came back with letting me know she was looking for something more like the sorry to hear about that was good and it was an improvement from nothing and changing the topic but she was looking for something for more than just sorry to hear about that so then uh, I, I thought okay well you're looking for something more um you, okay n- next time come, come come to me and, I, and I'll have a little something more for you so you know a couple of days go by it has another situ- has a situation that has and maybe it's uplifting she got some great praise from from her boss and oh it sounds like an, an awesome experience and then or it's a it, it's a, it was, or then another day she was um criticized oh it sounds like a a terrible experience and and i and I just try to add one word. And she said, that's better than all of the others, but still, like, she's looking for something more authentic. And then, um, so, all right, come to me again. So, hey, I got a compliment today at work. You know, people were praising how well I took care of the patient. And I was like, awesome. I, 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 that's amazing what happened, what took place. You know, even investing in the curiosity in her world, asking what it was like, what she felt, what she went through. And to me, that was a, a transformation in understanding her need, which was, Connecting at that emotional level at that and investing in what she in being curious investing in the curiosity of her day that really just transformed our interactions and our communication so um that really I think uh helped to to think about more so her needs in responding to her day
1: do you feel like that was something hard for you was to go through that I mean because that seems like that would be pretty um humbling right where it's like uh you had to grow every single step of that story Mm. you know what i'm saying it
0: it was i would say it 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 wasn't it was like humorous to me i I I thought it was um i it was a challenge there's part of me that likes the challenge and i go okay this is i I got this and i it it's crazy how i think it's benefited my other relationships in my my social interactions sure if i can just not convey curiosity just to convey curiosity, but genuinely be interested in what people are saying and dig deeper. You know, if they're telling me one part of the room, okay, well, let me get the flashlight and turn and look all over the room and be genuinely invested, genuinely interested in what people are saying.
1: Yeah. The the story just uh, reminds me of like a children's book that I would read to my kid where it's like the one thing and then, Oh no, it's this thing. Okay. And then he finds the, then the turtle finds the uh, the apple. And, but uh, it's very cool, like a parable. But uh, that's what that reminds you. Of. So that's cool. Yes. Um, when I think of that stories, I think about, like, another good example, I guess, in my life is um, my... So y'all don't know this, but Derek knows this. I'm a very theatrical... Well, you probably figured this out already. I'm a pretty theatrical drama kind of guy. I like... Big things I like everybody attention to me. I've been a musician my whole life. Uh, before conception, we talked about this before. Um, and I've been a, um, I've been, I've always loved attention. And when I asked my wife to be my girlfriend, uh, before she was my wife of course I already knew at that point What I was going to do to ask her to marry me So I actually chose this park And then when I chose the park I was like okay when I ask her to marry me I'm going to go back to this park mm-hmm. And we're going to have this like sick Like roaming musical That's going to have a bunch of people uh, There's going to be a band And then we're going to walk up to the band And the band's going to start singing a song And then the people are going to start singing a song It's gonna be this, this, this giant flash mob situation it's going to be great well you know the first minute of being in in, uh, having a girlfriend i realized that this was not something that my future wife would want she Mm -hmm. would not want everybody to pay attention to her she's definitely all about serving people and being there for them uh it's not about her And so um, even when I was looking into the way I was going to ask her, like she was a big Atlanta Braves fan. And so I was like, yo, we're going to go to Atlanta's Braves game. And then why don't I do the thing on the big screen and and people go that stuff. And and I was like, there's no way she would be cool with that. Mm -hmm. And so I had to come up with ways that she still got surprised, but it wasn't about everybody watching her. It was about me asking her. Mm-hmm. And so it was fun. It was like the day I asked her uh, when she thought we we're going to Dallas to go see one of my good friends who worked for airlines. So it was understandable that I would be able to get flights to see him. Well, we did go to his city, but it was cause it was taking us to Atlanta. And when I went to show her the tickets, I went, so we're not going to see him. We're going to Atlanta. And she was like, no, we're not. I don't believe you. And it's like four in the morning at this point. So she was tired. And I was like, <laughs> no, we are. And she was like, no, nah, I had to show her the tickets. And then that fate, that surprise was great. And mm-hmm. then getting there and then asking her, you know, I just asked her in the corridor at the Atlanta Braves game. She had, uh, she had been walk away from our seats. I walked off of the seats, waiting for her. As she walked back, I walked her over to um a little overview of the outside and a lot of beautiful trees. And then I showed her a song that me and my friend wrote. And then I asked her to marry me. It was just a me and her thing. Nice. It wasn't everybody <clears throat> watching us. I didn't get to videotape it. I didn't have all the things that I would want. But again, I knew that if I were to do all those things, she would have said no. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I want to be married. And so I just made a decision that what she wanted was more important than what I wanted. That's
0: right. That's right. And it's a it's a lovely illustration and analogy of showing putting her need her priority or preference over your own. You know, yours would have been, you know, f- uh, flying dancers, cannons going off, a playing up in the sky feels right (laughs) but
1: flavor flave yeah
0: but flexing and adjusting to her needs and to be able to give her the experience that she wanted it wasn't so much about doing delivering experience that only you wanted when really she was the person that you wanted to bring into your life and adjusting to her like that I, i love that and, um, I know, uh, similarly, I know my wife, what she, she wrestles with is uh, chronic fatigue and the way I kind of always envisioned my Friday nights and Saturday nights is, you know, these are, I remember when I had jobs, when I worked on Friday and Saturday nights and it was like painful. And I just told myself, you know, later, you know, l- later on in life, you know, when I w- wouldn't be working on Friday and Saturday nights, it was going to be prime time to be out and about, um. Moving, you know, moving around, connecting with people, and uh, but with my wife's f- fatigue, and then she's a nurse, so she's given all day. I've had to adjust my expectation and, and even how we spend our time together. And it's not going to be always out and about making moves, um, but sometimes it's going to be a little bit more, um, a subtle times, and or more mellow times when we're here. We're here, here. Connecting at the house versus um, moving around so much. That's cool. And uh, so, when you think about being married, and in, and even for some people out there who are listening into it, who listening in, they may not be married right now. And in 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 this this theme of magnifying the needs of others of my spouse over the wants of my own is it's, it's really about cultivating a selfless spirit. Now, um, w- what do you think really helps people to cultivate that selfless spirit in their lives, even, b- even before they're married?
1: Um, you know, as I said, I think about all the different people in my life that were good examples of this, but I think, I mean, I think it's learning to take care of people before you, to, to look at the needs of the situation I mean, I probably mentioned this story before, even before I tell you a bigger story, but I remember even, I knew that my wife was the person for me when we went to my 80th, my grandfather's 80th birthday, and uh, I was looking for her to go meet somebody else, and when I turned around, she was cleaning up Mm -hmm. with my family, trying to get the place ready to go, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, for her, taking care of that was more important, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was an amazing thing, but I think it's building that I think it's um living that lifestyle I think that I think you're right I think um as a single person you need to be thinking about um others before yourself and I think as you do that you're going to put yourself in a great place in your marriage and so I think about when I think of that I think and and if you know my podcast or anytime me and Derek talk we always bring up our friend Kevin Surrett who was an amazing dude and um You know, he had done all these amazing things in his life and he, he had been a very successful businessman, done some cool stuff, graduated from Harvard, Mm -hmm. just one dope dude. In the last few years of his life, he couldn't, he, he couldn't get a real steady, like he couldn't find anything that really just stuck. Um, and instead he would spend his days. Mentoring Mm -hmm. and helping other people. I laugh because every day at the end of work, I would go to his house and we would hang out Mm -hmm. every day. And this dude didn't have a job, but he had a a sufficient amount of leftover money for previous positions and then would work jobs when he had to. Um, But he'd be there and mentor me, help me. Uh, He would also help in the singles ministry at our church. And he literally was the, he was the cornerstone of that. Like all the things were at his house. If there was a fun event, he had something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, What he did at that time was an amazing thing, right? He made his focus taking care of these other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though he wasn't in the best situation in his life, he knew that this was more important Mm -hmm. and he spent his time hanging out with me. I mean, I remember literally, all of my roommates in one day would hang out with him at separate times throughout the day. And at that time we had four different roommates and mm-hmm. I, I could tell you there was definitely a time where I went, Derek went two other people, guys went mm-hmm. within the same day just to hang out with him. And he never complained about it because right. to him building that up was more important. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a, an amazing process. And I think the idea of looking at your people in your life, and saying what can I do to help them, mm-hmm. it, and if you actually spend time on that, you're going to find that it's going to grow in your spirit. But then also helps you when you're at home and you're sitting there and you're you're having a bad day. Um, as said, I have the as being a stay at home parent, there are definitely days where, they where emotionally I'm feeling like I'm not, I'm not doing this. But then I'll go, you know, if if my wife gets home today, and all the babies, all the babies uh, bottles are clean that probably make her day. Sure. And so then I do it because I already built that up when I was, before I was ever married is when my roommate would, as I said earlier, when my roommate would tell me that my wife would beat me up if I didn't uh, move my underwear, I moved my underwear, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was apologizing to him. But as I grew in that, then it made it way easier for being a married person mm-hmm. because then I realized And and as I said, I've mentioned before the idea, this is versus my friend. This is somebody that believes in me. But I think that if you believe in somebody, you're going to be there for them. You're going to make time for them. You're going to spend those hours, as we talked again about, um, just sitting and talking. I didn't realize I was going to get into that. Mm -hmm. But that was an investment of how I built my relationships. When I built my relationship with you, it was just sitting and talking. Mm -hmm. So how would it not be any different than in my marriage? And if you treat those things as growing things uh, a chance to get better at it and being selfless being about other people's purposes and you'll realize especially as a grown-up the more things that you're doing for others then the things that you want will start working that's right and it's funny how it works
0: And what's bringing it full circle the, the proverb that comes to me is he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed and what you, you and even Kevin Surretton, um have put together that the event called Refresh that was based on that, on that proverb that if I, if I want to be refreshed in my marriage, what do I do? I refresh others. If I want to be refreshed in my relationships, what do I do? Refresh others. If I want to be refreshed in the workplace, what do I do? Refresh others. So my role is to fo- focus on refreshing others. And then I, I focus. And then it's an automatic return of the seed I plant to refresh others, the harvest I get is I, I, I'm refreshed myself. Frequently, often, continually. And I, and I think about Kevin even yesterday in a, in a, in a podcast I, I was doing with my friend Chris Flores on, on the topic of sales. And uh, I was talking about the input that Kevin gave me and he, he shared this quote that when opportunity is knocking at your door, it's too late to prepare, so the preparation should begin way before the opportunity ever, ever gets there, so that you're always ready, um, and uh, and that just was one principle he gave me at that point in time that stayed with me. Even uh, you would tell me what he would tell you when it came to um, having courage with women, which was uh, forty five, you know, and he would go, um, um, if you ever had a doubt with pursuing um and he would tease and being light hearted about it with, with pursuing a relationship He'd say hey you know forty five you know that's how old he he he, he is and he, and he 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 had a shared he being married for him um he 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 if he if he could do it get he would take that, that, those more risks and he would and he would face those 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 situations with courage so I think that was a, a courageous call for both of us in that space,
1: yeah, I agree with that.
0: Well, um, we covered a lot uh, today. So I think we covered some great principles for people to to, to um, use in their marriage. And I think even the principles we talked about today even transcend marriage into their, their personal life. But do you have any closing thoughts you wanna wrap us up with?
1: I think the idea is if you really think about your ones to other people's needs. I think again, not only is this helpful in your marriage, it will be helpful at work. <laughs> if you consider, yeah, you want to be successful, but if you really help your coworker move forward with whatever's going on, I mean, I used to, I, I have this, I used to have like the most contentious relationships with coworkers because if somebody told me I did something wrong and I didn't do it wrong, then it'd be hard. But it made me laugh because there was this one time where there's somebody who's always like that. But then, when I started helping them with their relationships, then our relationship changed. Mm-hmm. When I stopped caring about what they thought about me, and started worrying about how they were doing, it made things easier. And I think that when uh, in my marriage it's like, if I can just make sure she's taken care of, then she's make sure she I'm taken care of. I mean, I think I told those stories where she just watches out for me and loves me, and I do the ba- I do the same. Uh, cause I want it to grow and I, I would encourage anybody um, look for other ways to help others. Don't just uh, think about what you could do for you because the truth is, is if you have that, if you have that um, mindset while you're married, you won't be married very long. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I don't want that for anybody. Yeah. I, I believe that if you got married, it's cause you want to be that person mm-hmm. until you're gone. And if you can, be selfless, and if you can worry about them more than you worry about yourself, and not worry like stay up all night worried about they're gonna have a good job, but if you just take care of their needs, I think that you're gonna be in a better place. And it's not easy. As I said I would never say being married was easy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely hard. There are definitely days where things aren't perfect sure. or things aren't going the way. I, or I feel like I'm just letting my wife down. Mm-hmm. But in the long run. I wouldn't take it back. I love it. I love this opportunity to be there for somebody. And again, raising a child is a whole different part of this, mm-hmm. but uh, it's an amazing thing. So if I were to say anything, i would just say, grow from where you're at. Like if, if right now you're just all about trying to collect as much money as you can and be successful, amen. But uh, who are you taking care of? Mm-hmm. Cause the truth is when you get married, you're going to have to change that mentality or it's just not going to work out.
0: Spot on. Spot on well, Jay. Thank you so much for joining the, the strong life coach podcast. Again, if you want to tune into, to Jason in uh, his other venues, it's uh flows for you. Yep. com.
1: Uh, yep. Or you could check out our Instagram or, or Twitter and it's for us for you pod. Um, and you can look at all those things and, uh, please come check it out. We're on every single device you could find Apple podcast, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, thank you again for having, us, having me having us having me
0: yes so magnify the needs of others or uh, magnify the needs of of your spouse over the wants of your own so that's going to be coming out in the in, in my book the abcs of marriage is is, is where you'll get the the chapter uh, uh, um, that we covered today But all right thanks for tuning in talk soon bye-bye